Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Believing Saints, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your co-host, Kate Kistner, an editor at Canal Street Chronicles. And I'm Maddie Hudak, also an editor over at Canal Street Chronicles. Hey, what's going on, guys? This former New Orleans Saints cornerback, Delvin Bro here, New Orleans native. I just want to say thank you. Bro Show, out. Welcome back to Believe in Saints. This is episode four. First off, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners. We are doing a preview here of the Saints-Vikings game. And today it's just me and Maggie Hugak with you guys. In about the next uh, 78 hours here, we're going to be watching the Vikings come in to the Mercedes-Benz Superdome to take on the New Orleans Saints. This has been a bigger rivalry for Saints fans for a number of years. It started in 2009 in the NFC Championship game, where the Saints beat the Vikings, make it to the first Super Bowl of franchise history. But it's also where Bounty Gate kind of originated with some Vikings players and coaches blowing the whistle, thinking that New Orleans players were targeting Brett Favre. And then you move in to 2017, the NFC Divisional matchup. The Saints traveled to Minneapolis to take on the Vikings. And in a last-second throw by Case Keenum, Stephon Diggs snatches the ball. You have Marcus Williams that whiffs on the tackle. And all of a sudden, you've got the Minnesota Miracle. And then finally, the most recent matchup between these two teams was in last year's wildcard matchup. Kyle Rudolph secures a last-second touchdown in overtime to secure the win. And now we're here, Christmas Day Vikings. They really just couldn't let us enjoy our Christmas. The last two years, it was Saints giving against the Falcons, but now it's let's open up all of these Saints wounds on Christmas morning. But we talked about this on the last couple of podcasts here. And initially, I disagreed with Delvin when he had brought up that he wanted to face the Vikings again in the playoffs. My thought was, why would we go back to this team that has given us so many, you know, playoff pains in the past? And his thing was, why not? You know, are we really going to let them beat us three times now? And yes, this isn't the postseason, but it's a chance for the Saints to exercise their playoff demons before we get to the playoffs, which I think is just good mentally for them. And the Vikings now also have a pretty small chance of getting into the playoffs. So this might be our only chance to kind of right those wrongs. And given that it does have a lot of playoff implications here, uh, like Delvin said, I think Sean is just tired of talking about Minnesota. And I think, frankly, we all are. So getting this win, locking that away, hopefully not having to deal with the skull chance in our feed for the next near future would, would be a good thing for all of us. Yeah, you say it doesn't feel like a playoff game, but all week leading up to this game, I keep forgetting that it's not a playoff game. That's actually like week 16. And I think a lot of that comes from the fact that we played the Chiefs last week too. 
And it feels like we've kind of now entered playoff mode almost. And I think between like playing the Chiefs and then just all of the nostalgia, for lack of a better term, that the Vikings bring up, it, it does. I, I agree that it feels like we're starting the postseason now. Yeah, but postseason or not, I really, I really think that this matchup this time around favors the Saints. I think we say that every time they meet, whether it was in the wild card matchup last year or even the divisional round in 2017. You look at this version of the Saints and you look at this version of Minnesota and I think that this matchup really favors the Saints for numerous reasons. Yeah, I think that the Saints run D as much criticism as it's had in the last couple weeks is going to be able to kind of get back to its roots being able to play against Dalvin Cook. I also think that the Saints secondary has been playing very well as of recent. Well, that's a big difference here. I get, it, it's less ha- have the Vikings improved and yeah, they have Justin Jefferson who kind of replaces their Stephon Diggs, but we've exponentially upgraded, especially just in the secondary alone. We, we said on on last week's podcast if there was ever a week this season where I was expecting our secondary to just be bleeding from the seams it was against Patrick Mahomes that wasn't the case so if they let Kirk Cousins carve them up there's just a lot that they have to answer to And, and the playoffs last year everyone keeps saying that they have our playoff card but as much as they beat us I just think we lost that game. Just like we lost the Philly game, we underestimated the opponent. We started flat and then we couldn't catch up. And the way that we played in that week 14 loss is pretty much how I saw the Saints play in that Vikings game last year. I think they've A, had that lesson already this season that you aren't invincible underestimating an opponent is exactly how you lose to them. I just, I think that we come into this one this time absolutely lights out. Whereas I think that they phoned it in in the playoffs last year and and that was a fatal mistake. Yeah. And I think that the way, like you said, the way that you get beat this week or on Christmas day is by underestimating them, but also by letting Kirk Cousins cut you up. And the way that that he's going to be able to do that is by getting the play action going because Kirk Cousins lives and he thrives with play action. And the way that he's able to do that successfully is when Dalvin Cook gets going, where he gets these 150 rushing yard games. But that's where the Saints defense is going to kind of be able to come in, play their brand of football, shut down Cook, subsequently shut down the play action opportunities for Kirk Cousins and then let the secondary do their their thing and make Kirk Cousins make plays to beat the Saints. And I don't think that he's really capable of doing that with the way that we've seen this Saints defense play recently. We, we said it last week, 98% of that football game, Patrick Mahomes looked like a human being. He was, un- he was rushed and uncomfortable, but Patrick Mahomes rushed and uncomfortable is still an elite quarterback. Kirk Cousins rushed and uncomfortable is absolutely not an elite quarterback. And I did just want to touch on the Saints run defense over the past couple weeks. I think they've not that it's been harsh criticism, but I think that it's kind of not looked at the big picture here. So there was the, you know, the two 100 yard rushers that ended, you know, their streak in the Eagles game. One of those was a mobile quarterback who for all intents and purposes shut down as a passer. And so if he was going to use his legs and that was the way he was going to do it, but the other 100 yard rusher 82 of those yards came on a blown coverage play. So ironically, our blown coverage play of that game was 
what should have been a short. Uh, I don't remember if it was a screen pass or a run, but that was where 82 of those yards came from. And then last week, you just have to think, stopping the run defense is not the key to stopping Kansas City whatsoever. What was more important was making sure that they didn't gash us with their receivers. So I think that they were a little more lenient on that run game in order to kind of compensate for Patrick Mahomes' abilities. So I think that this run defense is still as good as as they've always been. And I just think that these two last weeks have kind of been an anomaly. But I, I agree. I think that those are the keys to stopping them on defense. The question then is on offense, you do have to think about the playoff game last year, what our problems have been this year specific to our O-line have been that interior again. I, I gave Andres Pete props for the way that he competed last week. But at the end of the day, he's now injured still. He's limited in practice. We'll get to, you know, the other injuries later. But it's it's still the weakness point on our O-line. And that's where they just ate us alive last year. And every hit that Drew took last game, I personally physically cringed. We had this kind of debate last week. Was Drew the right choice to start? And I still think he's the choice you start with this week. But do you think that we're finally going to see more of Taysom, which I think that signing Trevor Seaman again kind of pointed to? And I think that was a lot of the fans' criticism of the playoff game last year, is that you saw Taysom come out, throw that 50-yard bomb or whatever it was, and then all the fans are saying, well, why aren't we, why aren't we sprinkling Taysom in a little bit more? So I think now that you've kind of got a little bit of, of backup with Simeon, I think that maybe you do see Taysom Hill come in. Because like you kind of talked about, there's a lot of injuries right now. Traquan Smith did not practice. He just posted on his Instagram of him having his foot up and it looked like it was almost broken. His list is questionable, but I don't think that he's going to play. No, and everyone. you can go to his Instagram story and check it out. It's not a hard cast, but it's totally wrapped up and elevated. For him not practicing, I just don't see how we can make that turnaround by tomorrow. Yeah. And then you've got, like you say, you have Pete who's limited. You've got Nick Easton who's been playing pretty well. He still hasn't practiced with a concussion. And so now you're going to rely on Emmanuel Sanders and then you have to rely on playmakers like, I don't even know if you could call them that yet, but like Lil Jordan Humphrey, Jawan Johnson, Marquez Callaway though, there's some good news. He was at activate off the IR for practice. He's yet to be put on the active roster at the time of us recording this podcast. That could change, honestly, in the next couple hours here. I feel like he's probably got to be a go. And him and Drew have had some really good chemistry, especially during that Carolina game earlier in the season. I think it was like week 10 or something. Yeah, it was it was week seven. seven and and in, my, in my article that I wrote about this game, I, I said, if we have a Saints team with our week seven offense and our week 15 defense, we can pretty much beat any team in the Super Bowl. And that was when Drew kind of started to finally mesh with those nameless receivers, like you mentioned. I, I'm, I kind of am intrigued about little Jordan Humphrey. Uh, Juwan Johnson, I, I, you know, the 0 for 4 on targets yes, last week was, was not the most cause for optimism. But I, I agree that I think we see Callaway here. I hope that we do. Because this is what they did with Drew last week. They, they activated him off IR, but they didn't put him on the active roster yet. Probably to keep their cards close to their chest. Because then I have to say, you know, he was full practicing all week. I don't know if that's the strategy here with Callaway. Uh, when I was re-listening last week to the, you know, commentary on the interception Drew threw, they kind of pointed to his ribs as the reason for him hesitating. I'm now taking a little bit of pause on that. I know he's not 100%. A lot of the time where we thought he hesitated early on in the season, it was because he didn't trust 
that his receivers were going to be in the place that they were intended to be. And me and you both kind of, you know, touched on this in our pieces this week and, and have talked about this, but you know, Jared Cook, he really disappointed last game, and he was the one that under underran that route so poorly that Drew got an intentional grounding penalty. And and so the hesitation to me, I don't know if it's even his rib as much as we're back to square one of Drew not trusting his receiving core. So if he can just even get Callaway back, who he's developed some chemistry with, you saw that you know he had some sort of rhythm going until he lost Traquan Smith, and that was his kind of old familiar. The problem last week was they figured out Emmanuel Sanders was basically the only competent receiver out there double covered him like they do with Mike Thomas and then Drew had no options past that but if Drew can just have someone that's a good receiver too back there then I think we're in a lot better spot against a lot better opponent yeah I agree and I also think too just going back to the original point I think Taysom Hill is going to have a little bit uh, larger of a presence in this game especially on third down we talked about in the last pod where Hill could have been the difference maker on third down and those third downs have they been converted at a higher rate than one for 11 might have been the difference in the game so I think that you see Hill become a lot more involved in this game plan a quick question for you Mm. I I just thought about this we strategized you know why didn't we use him on those third downs and we went over Jameis being on the COVID list we went over you know not a conspiracy theory as much but just kind of you know was that something that Sean was keeping close in his pocket part of me wonders if just like the Denver game no offense to Denver but when you don't have a quarterback you're just not a good team where a turnover could have decided that game do you think maybe that the reason we didn't get Taysom on those third downs is his fumbling issues and the fact that we couldn't afford a turnover against Kansas City I do think we can afford more of one against the Vikings but do you think that that might have actually played a factor in why we didn't see him on those third downs yeah I think it maybe could have it's a really good point because all week leading up to the Chiefs game, you know, we were talking about, we were writing about, you could really look at almost any outlet and you could see that the way that the Saints were going to win this game was by creating a turnover, maybe one or two throughout the game and then capitalizing on it. And you know what? Those it wasn't really that wrong of analysis because the game was decided by three points. And if we got that special teams play and without that sack fumble at the end of the game, it wouldn't have been a three-point game probably. So Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. So maybe, you know, have you thrown Taysom out there and he fumbled the ball? That might have changed the outcome of the game if a couple other things had broken the Saints way. I think that's a good point. We've talked about the offense a little bit. You know, as far as the defense is concerned, ironically, talking about the Vikings matchup here, one of the guys on defense that I'm I'm a little worried about right now is Marcus Williams. And it's not because of his play, but it's that he's had uh he's missed two practices. Tuesday and Wednesday. He has been an instrumental part of the improvement of that secondary. Not having him out there on Christmas Day could be a big blow to the Saints. I agree. And it's just a big blow to Marcus, too. You know how we theorized maybe Drew is starting last game as a personal milestone thing to be able to play Mahomes. I feel like losing last year Marcus didn't do poorly but it's not like he really got any type of uh, what you know whatever the word is vindication for you know that rewriting his wrongs of the Minnesota miracle so if he doesn't get to do that this this game then that would be disappointing for him but I I think CJ Gardner Johnson he's going to be my pick for mixing things up in the back and possibly getting to Kirk Cousins he's he's been really good at, at blitzing kind of around the edge which is surprising but he's he's who I see stepping up in Marcus Williams absence 
defense. CJ Zizia has really come into himself, and Marcus Williams, despite the failure of during the Minnesota Miracle, has really become an elite safety over the course of the last couple of years. And Gardner Johnson is also becoming that type of guy. I think you're right. I think Gardner Johnson can have a, a, a really great game. So with that being said, Maggie, Christmas Day, Saints-Vikings, how do you think this one's going to end out? Give me, give me your score prediction. I just don't see how we let them get one over on us a third time. Some might not say that we're surging after a loss, but I would disagree in the sense that, again, I was more encouraged by last week's loss than I've been by a lot of our wins. Knowing that the playoff implications that this has, knowing that this is the end of the run, we do have a chance in the number one seed, but we could fall to the number seventh seed with a loss. They're going to be going into this game wanting to exercise those playoff demons, get those out of the way, then maybe be able to rest some starters in week 17. So there's a lot riding on this win. I'm going to say that this is not going to be that close of a game, I'm going to go 31-21 Saints. So, kind of in the same boat with you. I think this defense matches up really well to this Vikings team. I think they have a really good shot at shutting down Dalvin Cook. Obviously, shutting down Cook is all relative, but I think they're going to do a good job at slowing them down. I think they're going to take away opportunities from Kirk Cousins, and I think that they're going to create opportunities for the Saints offense as well. And then last week we saw a very depleted, very stale Saints offense, and they still, the team was able to score 29 points. So I'm with you. I don't think this one's going to be particularly close. I think if uh, Marquez Callaway comes back, they implement Taysom Hill a little bit more. You might find some more opportunities on offense. I'm saying uh, 38 Saints, 17 Vikings. So there you have it, folks. Once again, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to me and Maggie give our uh, give our takes here and preview the Saints Vikings Christmas Day game and once again have a very merry christmas Thank you for listening to Believe You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a 5-star rating on your preferred platform Check us out at believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube 